Welcome into the Boy Open Up podcast. I'm your host, Doug Hildreth. With me, as always, is my amazing co-host, Christine Stacy. We are back after a couple-week hiatus. We took some time off, just kind of evaluate where we want to go for Season 2, what things we're going to do, what we're going to talk about. After Season 1, I felt like we covered a huge range of topics. Yeah. And we had a lot of good discussion. We even brought in an interview to finish the 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 first season and that was really really cool and I honestly thought boy what are we going to talk about <laughs> in season two there's not much left to talk about yeah Life yeah it's super boring these days and then America happened <laughs> and I feel compelled to discuss you know what's going on in the country and just things that are going on so I want to preface this by saying to our viewers or anybody that's listening that are tuning in what we talk about in this episode may be offensive. Uh, some people may find it traumatic even to some degree. And we want to be really, really clear about that and that the views and the opinions that we express here are solely our own. So there's been a lot going on and our inspiration today has literally come from today and kind of our day to day. So today was kind of a good day in terms of it's your day off. Yeah, first of a four-day weekend. Yep, so it's usually pretty nice. We actually see each other <laughs> during the day when we're not exhausted yep. and wiped out. We get to work out and coach together. Um, so all in all, a really good day. However, every time I looked over and he had a spare second, you were on your phone and kind of puffing and puffing. Yeah, I, I mean, I worked hard today. Well, it's, yes. here we, it's almost 6 o'clock at night. Yeah. Did a lot of work around the house, did a lot of work at the gym, but I do like to check in on the world when I get a break, and I'll read stuff. And I would say that is our big difference between you and I. Oh, really? Yes. Let's lay that out. Yes. Let's unpack that You like to viewers. check in on the world. When I have time to like veg out and look at my phone or whatever. What do you do? I check, check out. Uh, I don't think I'm as intentional about trying to use it to actually like read up on what's going on or anything like that yeah. for me it's more just a okay i look at happy quotes and pictures yeah you do you go to instagram yeah and i think that's the my difference feed is very positive. yeah you go to instagram i go to facebook and that's just yeah. probably more too because i've always been a little slower to adapt to social media yeah. to, to be perfectly honest yeah. but i also enjoy it because now i'm really comfortable with how to navigate it and get to the places i want to get to and read the things I want to read. So that's what happens. I made the mistake of starting to read today. Yeah. And I got locked in. So we live in a very rural community, in a very rural county in Oregon. Of course, like I'm on this Facebook forum and, and just reading comments and stuff. And, and I made the mistake of reading somebody's post about systemic racism and saying that it doesn't exist in america today so first off you're saying a forum were you was this in a group or something yeah yeah yeah, what, yeah. For, like what? A, for our county group discussions oh interesting so i won't say but yes like something county yeah discussions community? Oh. community discussions okay see i don't even yeah and, and <laughs> I, I didn't even I, know this existed i know there's like a community watch and I should probably happened. just leave the group at this point <laughs> yeah. in all seriousness because we live in such a racist community 
and it's really sad to say that. And I'm not saying that everybody in our community is racist because we know hundreds or even thousands of really wonderfully decent human beings that love and respect everybody. We also live around a lot of people that, well, we'll just say it, that are fucking racist. And they're so racist that they don't think they're racist with the way they speak, the way they talk, the way they act. It's really hard to engage with that because it's either actual ignorance or intentional ignorance. And I don't know how to combat that. You know, when somebody says to me, racism ended in the 60s with the civil rights movement, like, my fucking ears start smoking. Yeah, so play us out. So that was a comment that you read? Yeah, I mean, so it kind of started with like an article and it said facts win. And it what was, was a, the article? It was an article. It was an op-ed. So it was an opinion-based article by somebody in law enforcement saying that the reason that more people of color die statistically is because people of color commit more crimes. And, and I just said, you know that it's 2020 and we can find stats to support whatever opinion we would like to have. This is not an opinion, a fact-based article. It's an op-ed. So your quote of facts win is inaccurate. And then they come back with things like genetic fallacy. And this is just mainstream media propaganda propaganda for you liberal retards. Like that's how they respond immediately with like the cliche, like conservative. And I'm like, well, I'm not even like, a Democrat, and you're coming at me like I'm, you know what I mean? Like they just talk about how the, in a Democratic ran city, that's why there's higher crime. There's less crime in Republican ran city. And I'm like, bro, I ain't trying to talk about politics right now. I'm trying to talk about humanity. And I said, so I'm like, just, just to be clear, like, you don't think that systemic racism exists? Yeah. And then I got the racism ended in the 60s with the civil rights movement. And it was like, wow, um, it didn't. Just to be clear, yeah. I'd like to clear that up for anybody that's listening that doesn't know. So in the 1860s, there was this crazy thing called the Civil War. And we fought over the, the freeing of slaves. That was the primary part of the war. This is simple, but the southern half of the United States was really interested in maintaining slaves, and there were still a bunch of people in the north that were as well, but the majority of the country realized that building the nation upon slavery was not an acceptable thing to do anymore, and so we had a big fight over it, and when it ended, then we passed the 13th Amendment in, in 1861 or 1862, and that eventually led to Abraham Lincoln being assassinated. And people think that, like, that was the end of racism. Right. And, and that wasn't the end of racism. All it was was the end of us fighting about whether or not we could own other human beings, which, to be clear, we can't ever own other human beings. <laughs> and then we implemented the 13th Amendment, and the 13th Amendment, like, gave them some rights, but it also gave us, and I'll say us, because I'm a privileged white person as well, the constitutional ability to repress and suppress people of color in our communities. And we learned how to do it really well. We've perfected it over the last 160 years. Remember, we still wouldn't really let them vote. And there's a lot of stuff that still goes on there, like when we close polling stations. And that just happened in Kentucky two weeks ago. So like, like people don't recognize just how 
it's it's almost genetic at this point. Racism is genetic, and I'm off. Like I'm going off right now. But fast forward 100 years to the 60s, right, and Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement and peaceful protests and marches and I Have a Dream speech and all of those incredible things, people had been, were so fucking sick and tired of having to walk on the other side of the street, ride in the back of the bus, not eat food at the restaurants that we eat food at, that they finally said, this is bullshit, we have the same rights as you. And we demand them. And then we, white people, were like, oh, shit. They're getting pretty upset about this. We should probably throw them a bone here. Yeah. And that's what it felt like to me. Like, when I read about what happened in the 60s, it was like, okay, they're making a lot of noise. Do you think, we had an interesting interaction with someone the other day who was talking about the 60s. We lived through it. Yeah. And... Do you think right now parallels it in any way, or just the feeling of it? The I don't know what word to put out there. Not like exactly what's happening, but just sure. the um, the feeling. Yeah, like the the, the tension. The tension, yes. The temperament of everyone. Yeah, the climate. The climate. There's the word. That's yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I think that the emotional climate and the racial, like the climate around racism in America is, is very aggravated right now. And that's okay. Yeah. It should be. Yeah. That, that's what we want to like really get yeah. to is that that is okay. Yeah. She was even saying, this woman that we ran into, she's probably... In her early 60s? Yeah. You know, she was a little girl. Yeah. In the 1960s. And, and she might be in her 70s because she had a pretty wild story that was very vivid to her. Yeah. And we talked about just yeah you know, what her experience was like. Because I said, I wasn't alive in the 60s, but to me, this feels like the most right. emotionally charged time in our nation's history. Yeah. And she is like, for sure, it even feels stronger than when she went through it. And she told us her story, which we won't like repeat exactly yeah. her story. It was awful. But it was, yeah, it was absolutely terrible. And I can't even imagine it happening today. But it she does. still said that the climate right now feels even heightened yeah. compared to that. It is, right? I mean, the, the civil rights movement was powerful. And now we've got this Black Lives Matter movement. And so a lot of political contributions go into the Black Lives Matter Foundation. So a lot of people use it to politicize that. Instead of saying like, I'm not talking about that company, right? I'm talking, or the entity, I'm talking about the movement yeah. and the words that Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I believe that they do. Yeah. And I believe that we've reached a point in our country where again, people are fucking fed up with not being recognized, not being treated equally. And now, right, being murdered on, on live TV, right? Like, yeah, it's like literally hard to comprehend. So going back to the Facebook post though, so I mean the one easy thing that I just throw out there is that like Facebook is not the greatest place to have a discussion. It's awful. Uh, however, you're, I feel like you need to repeat what you said in terms of um, like you're just stuck like with these people and their opinion like yeah like, yeah I mean that out for me that's where I'm at so I was like we need to talk about this because I genuinely don't know what to do because 
part of me wants to say like, well, I'll just delete Facebook or I'm going to start using Instagram like you do so that I can engage in more positive, like self-affirming stuff. And I mean that like behavior where I'm reading about things I want to read about. I'm continuing to educate myself on what's going on in the world, staying abreast of those topics, but also not having to see the ignorant hatred prejudiced racist rhetoric that's being put out there and and so i said but i don't i don't know what to do because i don't contend with not saying anything when i see it i feel so compelled and so obligated to say you can't say that or not that you can't say that because i don't want to tell somebody what they can or can't say but like why do you think the way you do that's the thing i always want to have a conversation it's not about winning for me on social media or even here. It's about finding out why somebody thinks the way they do, why they feel the way they do, why they believe the way they do, so that we can have a conversation about it and what solution would look like or even just like, hey, you're on your side of the line and I'm on mine. Let me tell you why I'm on mine and then let me ask you if that has any impact on where you stand and vice versa. Yeah. And that's not possible from a keyboard or on my phone. And that's the weird thing is that when I offer to have a face-to-face conversation, no one will do it. They say things like, that's not necessary because you can't handle it. And it's like, well, I'm the one that offered to have the conversation (laughs) with you because I, I genuinely would like to know where things are at for you and how you came to believe this way. And I would be okay like i'm not one to judge because a lot of what we say and a lot of what we do is learned from our families from our parents from our grandparents and from the people we surround ourselves with so to a large degree like when somebody tells me that racism doesn't exist i don't think it's because they're so racist they want to say well racism doesn't exist and not acknowledge it I think it's because they're so systemically racist, they don't even realize oh, they're nine. racist. That's probably nine times out of ten. It's, I keep thinking yeah. about this book, and I cannot for the life of me remember the name. That is shocking. <laughs> but it's about this guy, um, and it starts where he's in college, and he was the uh, son or grandson of like one of the high, high, high leaders in the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, okay. Uh, and so it's a story about him, you know, transforming out of that. Um, and I, the thing it keeps coming back to in that whole story is it's about a relationship. And it really starts with one relationship. Yeah. And, I mean, this takes place a few years ago. But still, like, it wasn't over the internet. <laughs> but it's, how do you have Now you're talking about, like, a platonic relationship yes right yeah so how do you actually get into relationships or conversations or opportunities to actually converse with people like this and that's where i think we're not sure what to do because you obviously it raises a whole level of passion inside yeah uh yes which is good and a good problem to have but it's kind of like, do you continue to argue on Facebook? No. Do you continue to let it bring you down? Do you just ignore it altogether on Facebook or on social media? And where's the in-between? Yeah, where's the happy medium? So what I say to that is that when you're saying it, and I'm thinking for me, like personally, what's the healthiest solution? 
is it's to continue to stay willing to have the conversations. And not necessarily via Facebook, because it's not really possible. I mean, we all know. Facebook is just, it's a shit show. It, re it really is at this I point. Like I mean, Mark, if you're listening, Zuckerberg, you've ruined it. Okay? You need to fix it and take it back to what it was originally designed for because we've perverted the shit out of it over the last yeah, you know, I'm in favor years. of it going away. Yes, I keep hoping. I read an article saying Elon Musk was interested <laughs> in buying Facebook just so he could delete it. I and I was amazing. like, that might be a good thing. Yes. But, but I diverge. It's just <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That was, you're precious to me. Bonus. No yeah. Facebook, but we get a Tesla. We get a Tesla out of it. Yeah. I'm sure that wouldn't be expensive. No, not at all. But I think that it comes back to being willing to have those conversations and maybe just saying, you know, I, I hear what you're saying and I don't contend with it and I'd love to discuss it with you because it could be mutually beneficial for us both. The problem with that, and there's no problem in it, the problem with it going further is that it requires two willing parties. Right. And that's so, what we run into right now. And that's where I want to say, so someone who is so entrenched in their views and have been conditioned that way, yeah. how do you start to ask them to at least listen? Maybe not even change their views, but how do you ask them to um, be willing to listen and almost not respond? It in. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't you can't hope that somebody won't respond. I think that it comes down to being again loving and tolerant, which I've talked a lot about in other episodes, where it really, really is important, especially around issues like this, to not just get angry at the people that believe differently than we do, but to try to understand why they believe. And then to accept that they believe the way that they do, not in the sense that it's okay, but to accept that that is what they believe. And all I can do is be an example of what my beliefs are, or in this case, like what histor history is, historical fact is, and where things are at currently, like we talked about in this right. climate. And I think similarly to a lot of topics we talk about here and our behavior as 30-somethings, 40-somethings, or 50-somethings, so influenced by dramatic events or by our, the way we were parented oh, or the yeah. culture we grew up in. Yeah. And a lot of times if we haven't dug deep and worked through some of those things, it's hard to make those connections. Yeah. And I feel like similarly with views like this, it's very hard, especially when it's a taboo subject. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah, and, and it's even scary and dangerous for us to talk about it. Right. And I mean that because yeah. we're privileged white people. Yeah. So we can say things that are racist without even realizing they are. The right. difference is if we do it, we won't do it again. Yeah. Because somebody will lovingly call us out on it. Yeah. And then I will acknowledge that what I did was make a mistake. Yeah. Because that's not the intention. Right. I will change the action. But I think that's kind of the start is starting to help someone maybe make connections between what they believe now yeah and where it comes from oh man i mean that's powerful what you just said i mean it re really is like when you talk about digging into our childhood and our framework and, and the things that really do frame the way we see life and our perspectives 
everything about society today and everything that we have in front of us in humans with tech numbs us. And so it literally roadblocks us from self-discovery. Like we have so many in front of us. You're listening to this on your cell phone right now. You know, most people are going to be listening to it on a cell phone, through their car, whatever. Like, what do we do when we have downtime? I immediately go into social media to read and catch up. You go into it to disconnect from what's going on. It's easy to do that every single day, all day, and then never engage with self. And, and that is really where it becomes problematic when we have never engaged with self or let's say have not engaged with self for a decade. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you start digging into yeah. time frames and chunks of time, it's really easy to be like, holy shit, a couple of years has gone by since this happened. Yeah. And if we're not digging into it, yeah. there's a lot of things that can be influenced by our experiences without us even realizing. Yeah. I think that's what you're thinking. Yes. And yeah. it's hard. It's hard for me. Like, this is a very, very emotional subject for me. Uh, it really is. And, and, and I don't, I think I need to do some digging yeah. as to why I get so fired up about it. But I don't like injustice yeah. in any way. There's not a lot of room in my life for tolerating injustice yeah. in the world. And I see so much of it, especially in this this climate and with the Black Lives Matter movement, that it is, it's virtually impossible for me to ignore right. and not say something. Because I also feel like at this point in my life, like business owner and let's say in multiple businesses now right. and leader in two organizations, it's my fucking job to say something. And to be a leader, because that's what leadership is, is standing up and acknowledging what is going on and facing the brutal facts of the situation so that we can address them and implement change for solution and then move forward together onto something better. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we don't have a end really to this podcast today. Like no. it's kind of like a dot, dot, dot. And we would love, I would love to hear from other people. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, exactly. And when this kind of bubbles up in you, or if you're on the other side and you, yeah, if you maybe, think we're idiots or just maybe you think like you don't see the big deal. You don't see like yeah. what, or you don't even know what systemic racism is like, Honestly, we would love to talk to you and really actually talk. Correct. That that's the big thing too is that I think I think that when I maybe offer to have a conversation with people, they think it's because I want to argue them or fight them. Mm-hmm. And it's not. I would really love to have a conversation. Yeah. I love talking to people. And I think that's what we have to remember. At least that's what I'm gonna take away from this, is I have to stay in that place where I'm willing to have the conversation. Um, I'm not gonna win on Facebook. And that is tough for me, not because I want to win, but because I I am such a proponent for change, especially when I see a problem. And when I see the people behave the way they behave or act in anger, I know, like you said, that it's way deeper than them being upset about the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or them being upset because nobody's saying blue lives matter. And just to be clear, like I value and respect the lives of all police officers and the job that they do, especially those that do a great job. Because I had a police officer when I was young and got in a lot of trouble that helped change my life. Yeah. Okay? So I want to be really, really clear. I don't think that all cops are racist or anything like that. Right now, though, we are talking about racism in America because that's more prevalent. And that's what needs to be addressed. And it's just like getting to that place where we're willing to have the conversation. And I, I think that's what scares me so much about the future of our country is that so few people are willing to have conversations. They just want to fucking scream at one yeah. another. Yeah. And, and, and I won't do that. I'm not a screamer. And you aren't either. No. You know, we are talkers. <laughs> we are communicators. Yeah. And, and that is something I value very much just about you and our relationship. Yeah. But... If you're listening, let us know what you think. That's what we want to know is where do you guys fall into this? What do you think about it? How do you feel about it? Because these are really, really important topics, and they will be defining of our lives. Like, let's be really clear about that. Like, where we stand in the middle of a pandemic yeah. with with racial injustice surging and and all of the tension in the political climate in America right now, it is it is a fascinating time because this will be looked back on historically. Oh, yeah. And it will be really fascinating for us to think back to these conversations, these moments, these feelings. Yeah. Because that's what this podcast is all about, is how we feel about all of it. And I'm really glad we sat down and talked about it. Yeah. Because I was feeling incredibly upset after the interactions that I had on, on Facebook, the, the, the responses, the retorts, the name calling, the right. things that happen when you try to have a conversation. Yeah. This is a great way for me to process how I feel and do it in live time with people that tune in and hopefully think or feel the same way we do or are interested in finding out why we feel sure. the same way we do. So we yeah. just want to say thank you guys for opening up with us for being a part of this conversation, and we look forward to more.